0: This is Samia Bano with Make Change Fun and Easy, podcast to help you create massive positive change in your life and the world. Hello, Salam, shalom, namaste, stasvikaal, aloha, hola, ciao and bonjour. So I'm so happy everyone. Uh, if you're listening, if you didn't catch our last episode, you need to go first catch the last episode because I, this time we have brought back Omid. We had so much fun last time learning from you Omid. Yes, um, we talked about your system for how you help coaches and other business people to sort of really set up their business in the right way and their marketing structures in the right way, and then grow them um, so that it's fun and it's easy. And it was so, so really awesome to have you with us last time that here you are again today. And I'm so excited about that. Welcome.
1: Yeah. Thanks for having me back. Um, Yeah. I, I had so much fun last time as well. I was like, why not the second time? Um, So hopefully this, you know, today's session would be as useful as, you know, last time.
0: Yes. So last time, you know, we jumped pretty much right into you teaching and sharing about your system, which was really, really awesome. And we didn't really get to hear much about who you are and how you got into this work. Would you tell us a little bit more about you?
1: Yeah, sure. Um, so I wasn't a business coach right from the beginning, um, wasn't coaching coaches at all from the beginning. I used to actually hate business coaches because I thought the only thing they care about is money and boring numbers and it's just not something that I wanted to do. Um, so what ended up happening is, long story short, um, one day I received a phone call from a really good friend of mine who um, just, you know, gave us a call, invited me and a bunch of other friends to to a party. Now we had no idea what was going on. Uh, we went to the party and towards the end, he announced that um, he's gonna become a father, which was amazing. Uh, we all cheered on, we congratulated them, hugged them, kissed them. It was amazing, super happy for him. Um, but he's my best friend. Like, if, I, if there's something wrong with him, I know. And I've noticed he got more excited about a computer game when he bought it a couple of years ago than when, you know, you know when he's at a party talking about him becoming father and everything else. Um, so I knew there was something wrong with him. Maybe he was nervous to something else. So I kept, you know, bugging him. Hey dude, what's going on? And he kept trying to, you know, prevent that conversation. I was like, yeah, did you enjoy that drink? Did you, you know, get this food? Let me go grab that thing for you. So I was like, okay, no problem. He doesn't want to talk in front of everybody. So I'll just wait. Um, I waited until the, the party was over, everybody left, and I kindly asked them if I could kind of stay over before, you know, I go, um, which, you know, they were nice enough to say yes, of course. Um, and then I was like, dude, I need some fresh air. Can I go for a walk? And um, he kind of fell for it. He said yes. So we went out, and um, I was like, I am not going back in until you tell me exactly what's going on, because I know there's something wrong. with to do. Um So we kind of started talking in the neighborhood, um, and he's he's got the biggest seat. Like, this guy does not like sharing his problems, does not like, you know, telling people what's wrong or asking for help. I'm pretty sure a lot of people can relate to that, or maybe I'm like that tiny of bit as well. Um, and yeah, so it took a while before he kind of, you know, eventually gave up and said, dude, I lost my job. Um, apparently, he lost his job two weeks before, uh, you know, that day where he found out that he was going to become a father. And his wife doesn't know, of course, he doesn't want to stress her. she's pregnant, we don't want to kind of, you know, put on that, that level of stress. Um, so me being the, the coach that I am, I try to be optimistic and try to come up with, like, different solutions right away. I was like, dude, you have this other coaching business thing that you've been trying to do on the side. Maybe this is a sign that you should, you know, start focusing more and go all in on that. Maybe it's the, it's the right time. Um, and that's where he kind of looked me dead in the eye and said, hey, what coaching does? i don't have any clients i have one free client that sometimes jumps in and sometimes it's not even there um i don't think that's something i can do i can risk um to be honest um at that point i was like "Dude, you're screwed i didn't say that out loud because i didn't want him to lose kind of his spirit but inside i was like there's nothing this guy can do like he's screwed." um then after you know about 10 minutes of us talking, you know, us walking silently. It felt like 10 minutes. I'm pretty sure it was like 10 seconds. Um, I said, hey, I think I'm doing okay in my coaching business. Why don't you just copy what I'm doing over here in, in, on my side? And um, maybe you get the same results. Remember, I'm not a business coach at that time. Like, I don't know anything about teaching about business.
0: What kind of coaching um, are you doing then?
1: Right. Um, back then I was working with people in corporations, you know, people in mm-hmm. the 5 job, um, people that felt like they're being looked over, they're not getting the promotions they deserve, they're not you know, getting the respect they deserve. Um, so I typically work with those people to kind of you know change change that environment that way. Um so yeah, he he kind of you know hesitated because obviously Big Ego doesn't want to ask for help. He was like, you know what, fine, I don't have anything to lose, so I'll just give it a try. Um long story short. Um, about two weeks before the baby was born, he had about 100K cash saved up in the bank account with 10 to 15K a month recurring income coming from his coaching business, which was, to me, i will gonna give him the credit for all of those results simply because he worked his backside off. you know, he worked really hard. He had the right motivations. Of course, baby's coming, time is limited. Um, so credit goes to how hard they work. But yeah, um, that's how I kind of got started now. What ended up happening, what kind of pushed me into becoming a business coach is that a lot of his friends who were also trying to become a coach on the side, who were kind of dabbling into coaching, um, what they saw was that he quit his job and then went all in on the coaching business and became this, you know, this successful coach in such a short period of time. Um, They didn't see all the struggles. They didn't see the fact, you know, he got fired. They saw what they wanted to see. And they kept going to him, saying, "Dude, like, what did you do? What was the secret? How did you kind of quit your job and became a 6 week coach?" Um, and you know, him being nice, he kept pointing the finger at me, saying, "Go, go talk to him. That, you know, he's the guy that helped me." Now again, I am not a business coach at that stage. I'm working with people in corporations. At the same time, I'm getting text messages in Facebook um, groups—not um, Facebook groups, Messenger groups—where um, he's connecting me directly to another human being. Obviously, he's my best friend, and of his friends are, you know, kind of like my friends. I don't want to be rude, saying no. So I'm kind of working for free, getting paid with chocolates and compliments and coffees, and sometimes even dinner if they're really generous, um, for you know, in exchange of one or two hours of talking about. Um, eventually it got to a point where the number of people coming in from this side and the other people that I was helping for free, the number of referrals were getting way more than the number of people that I had actually as a paying client that was At that time, I had an amazing mentor uh, and I went to him and I said, hey, what, what do you do at this stage? Like, I don't wanna you know, let down the people that paid me because I have an you know, obligation towards them. They, they paid me to, to be a mentor. But at the same time, I don't wanna be rude to these people saying no, um, what do I do here? And he kind of suggested that I should take seven days off, go on a holiday. Well, I didn't actually go on holiday. I was just sitting in my room, just thinking, I'll be completely honest. Um, Seven days, just taking off, not doing anything with the paying clients, not doing anything with the free clients. Just thinking about, who do I want to work with? Um, At the end of the seven days, I decided to kind of switch my fields and start working with coaches. Uh, One for selfish reasons, the other one is kind of selfless. Um, Selfishly, it was because it's so much easier. Um, with the with the people in corporations, I not only had to give them assistance, the tactics, changing the you know the changes in the habits and personalities, but I also had to motivate them to make those changes. Uh, not so easy, especially when you come across those not so motivated you know individuals. Um, with coaches, however, I mean you guys are freaking amazing. You have the right mindset, you have the right motivation. You're hungry. You take action. You implement stuff. All I have to do is show you what to do, how to do it, and then be with you every step of the way as you're doing it. That's all I have to do for you guys to get amazing results. So selfishly, it was easier work for same amount of money, if not more. So that was a, that was the first reason, that switch. But the main reason, the, the thing that really made me switch was the, the impact that was making. I mean, me working, you know, with those people in the corporations and then getting a promotion, making an extra, I don't know, 10, 20, 30,000 a year, sometimes like 100,000 a year um then okay that's amazing that's fantastic but the only impact that i'm making there is maybe their life improved 10 or 20 like percent they're happy that's great but if i help a coach change their life and start their coaching business and start helping other people not only i change that coach's entire life but also the ripple effect of all the lives they're going to touch all the people they're going to have um, and i was like hey if this is something i'm going to do for the rest of my life i'd rather have the impact you know, attached to my work and have some meaning behind it, rather than not having any of this. Guy. So that's how I kind of got started. I think that was five years ago. That's how I got started working with coaches, helping them kind of you know grow their coaching skills. And to be honest, it's been the greatest decision I made, ever I ever made, because you guys are freaking amazing. So that's, that's <laughs> right. thank
0: you. I appreciate that you appreciate us. Awesome. That's amazing. And I really, I I truly believe I'm on the same page with you when it comes to why it's so important to help coaches succeed in their business, because every coach that, that becomes successful in their business, they're impacting so many more lives. And it's actually a big part of my vision too. Like when I think about my life purpose and my life meaning, my heart said, (laughs) you know, my life purpose, or rather it's not me as an individual because really I believe that we are all interconnected, interdependent parts of a whole. And so, Anything that I do, it absolutely has an impact on you, and what you do has an impact on me, and we impact each other. And really, my purpose from my heart, honestly, is just, I wanted wanted to stop suffering. You know, I'm a survivor of child sexual abuse. I went through this immense trauma in my childhood. I went through decades of suffering because of that. And when I finally got to a place in my life where I was in control of my happiness, my inner peace, I wasn't suffering anymore, Um, all my heart wanted was to just never have to suffer again and not let anyone else suffer, you know? And I realized, oh my gosh, I love that. What a worthy goal that is to live for, to eliminate suffering from the world, from all people's lives. But it's not something that I can do on my own, you know. But if all of us get together and we play our own parts in this, um, you know, process of making lives better, making the world better in whatever ways we can, then together we can do it and so i am so with you on this mission of helping other coaches and trainers and healers and people like us who are doing good work for the these reasons of you know just helping make things better yay
1: Yeah, absolutely. Thanks so much for sharing. I didn't know that about, you know, your story. I really appreciate you being open and sharing that. I'm pretty sure the world is a better place because you you decided to become a coach. So thank you for being a coach.
0: Thank you. Thank you. So I have a follow-up question for you. Last time, I actually even, I remember the first time that we connected and I asked you about who you were. And to tell me a little more about you, you jumped straight into teaching <laughs> about you know your your coaching work and the systems that you have to share with coaches to help them with their businesses and so forth. And um, one of the reasons you shared with me that you did that is because that for you is how you demonstrate your expertise to people and that is how you really give value to people and that's the most important thing when as a coach you're trying to connect with other people they don't really care about you <laughs> yet so much as a person but they care about what you can do to help them and so the way you do that is by focusing on teaching and sharing what you have of value first, rather than sharing your story first. Um, whereas I know the vast majority of other coaches um, that I know that I've worked with and who have taught me take the other approach where you, know, you start out by first sharing your story and then you move into teaching about whatever you have to teach. So can you share a little bit about um, why you do things in this different way.
1: Yeah, of course. Um, so it's really, it's the difference between authority and expertise. Um, authority is about you. Expertise is about the other person. It's about the client. It's about the person you are trying to help. Um, and the harsh truth is that the only person that cares about your story from the beginning is you and your mom and dad. Um, beside you and your mother and father, Nobody else really cares about what your story is, until they know that you care about them. Until they know that you can help them. Once you have helped them, once they see that you really care about them, now they're curious. Now they're open to hear your story. Now they actually want to hear your story. You're not this uninvited guest i like, trying to push your story on everybody, and you know super excited to talk about you all the time. Um, it's you know, uh, it's it's the story of you versus them type of thing um anytime you want to get somebody's attention you gotta talk about them If you talk about you they're already bored they're already distracted they already think about something else um so it's a it's you know the difference between authority and expertise so the authority is you trying to show you're the best is you trying to show that you're better than you know your competition it's you trying to show that you know um you have all the testimonials and success stories and you know you're the one that they should work with it's you trying to your status to them. so you trying to um, kind of show that you either either better than them. Whether you want to intentionally do it or not, that's how they sit. Mm-hmm. Um, demonstrating your expertise is more like, hey, you have this problem, I potentially have this you know, solution. Here's the solution. It really doesn't matter who you are, it really doesn't matter where you come from, it really doesn't matter what you've done. Um, at the end of the day, they have a problem, there's a potential solution to it. That's what you guys have. Now, if you manage to solve that you know, problem with your solution, well, now you have earned the right to talk about your story. Now they're actually interested to hear your story. So any given time, whenever you're giving a presentation, whenever you're on a podcast like this one, when, whenever you're teaching to, to somebody that doesn't know you, to a cold audience, to, to somebody that never has seen, seen you before, it's always best to think about them first. Mm-hmm. You know, um, When you go on stages, most of the times you see, you know, not just coaches, pretty much anybody who's a public speaker. They start with their story first. And you can immediately see the entire crowd is falling asleep. Like nobody really cares about your story because they don't know you. Yes, you're on stage, you're an important type of person, but that's about it. You know, they didn't come all the way to, you know, sit in front of, you know, on stage for two or three hours just to hear about yourself they're not there for you they're there for themselves um so anytime you're on stage teach first then in middle of your teaching where it seems kind of relevant uh, share a a tiny bit about your story if it doesn't seem relevant you don't have to as long as you demonstrate that you have a solution to the problem that's good enough for them to come and ask for help they don't come and ask well because you're better than them they come and ask for help because you have a system or a structure or a solution to a problem that, you know, they desperately trying to solve. Um, when you go to a doctor, you don't go to a doctor because they have higher status than you. You don't go to a doctor because they're better than you. You don't go to a doctor because they have higher authority than you. You go to a doctor because they have a solution to potential problem that you have. Now, later on, as you're going through doctors, you will probably stick with one doctor more than the other one that's where the connection between you and the doctor comes in that's where you know who do you trust most who do you like most and the trust and the like comes in you know with your story how you've been. so first it's the expertise then it's liking and trusting and after have all of so that's why anytime i get a chance to kind of help somebody that doesn't know me i always solve one of the problems first then if they're interested they can ask for, for my story i'm happy to share But if they don't, that's fine. I'll keep serving them until they don't have any more problems. Hopefully, that kind of
0: fact. Yeah, thank you so much for sharing that. And actually, one of the reasons why I thought it was really cool uh, that you shared this is because, like I said, actually, the vast majority of coaches that I have trained with have this other approach, right? Um, I mean, where they said, okay, when you're building out a presentation or whatever, you share your story first. But last year I started working with a coach um, who is still actually where I'm working with, um, a coach and mentor. And he is actually, um, I, you might have heard of him. His name is Raymond Aaron. He's a New York Times bestselling author. Um, multiple times. He has been coaching, training uh, in this industry before it was even an industry, really. He's been in it for over 30 years or so. So he's probably the most experienced um, coach that I have ever, or mentor that I've ever worked with. And he has the same perspective that you do, Omid. When I was uh, working with him, on developing a presentation. That was the first time he, uh, when I got introduced to this idea of, no, just teach first, share your story later. And I was like really thrown off by that for a while. I was like, but but this is going against everything I've learned before. <laughs> but uh, it actually has been really helpful uh, because, you know, if you have different uh, ideas of oh could do things this way do things that way then maybe what you can do is try out both and see what works better for you and I you know did try the other way that my coach Raymond Aaron is now teaching me and that with you're teaching us now and actually it has been working better for me so I I'm I'm like yay I'm very excited about that
1: Perfect, there you go. Now you unlock the hidden secrets to willing people fall over, I guess.
0: Yeah, for sure, for sure. Oh, okay. So that actually brings me to another thing that I would love to talk to you about. And that is this idea of testing, you know, uh, because there's so many different options out there for, uh, what you can market, how you can market, um, you know, when you have, even if you have a specific idea of a program or service that you want to be able to offer, um, and you put it out there in the world, a lot of times, you know, I know, especially when I was first starting as a coach, trainer, healer, my I, my experience was that I would put something out there in the world in terms of an offer, but I got very bad results or no results in terms of people actually saying yes to what I was offering. And then I felt really discouraged. And um, I actually, in the beginning, I would just give up on that idea completely and try to come up with something new. <laughs> and it was really hard to do that. And I'm all about making change fun and easy, right? And making business and marketing more fun and easy. And so, um, I would love to hear more from you about what role testing can play in this process of uh, how we market and what we market and how that can make things more fun and easy for us.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, when it comes to testing, there are, there are really two things that you fundamentally test. Um, it's your niche and your offer. Those are the core things. Now, what kind of tactics you use to generate leads or how you turn them into paying clients for your conversion? Those are tactics. Those are not core things. The core thing is your niche, who you're helping with and and what kind of problems you solve for them and what your offer is. Um, Now, when it comes to your niche, the only three questions that you need to answer in order for you to have the right niche is, do you like them? Meaning, if you were surrounded by these type of people, 24-7 24-7 for the rest of your life, would you actually enjoy your life? Would you actually like hanging out around with those, those people or not? Um, if you do, well, that's one of the requirements kind of done. Well done. Let's move on to the second one. The second thing is, can you actually help them? If this person just came to you, the ideal client, and they told you their, their ideal problem, would you be able to actually get those uh, If you can, amazing. That's the second one done. If you cannot, then either educate yourself so you get to a stage where you could help them um, or move on to somebody else that you can um, And the third one, actually, one of the most important ones is that can they pay you? A lot of times you choose a niche that you like and you can help them, but they can never pay you because of the, the situation they're in. Um, that leads to a lot of frustration because you're going to end up helping a lot of people uh, out of your good heart for free. Uh, but then eventually you're going to get to a place where you're like, hmm, I kind of had enough because, you know, I have bills to pay too. Um, so that's the first thing you, you kind of want to focus on, your niche, um, and seeing, hey, do you like them? Can they pay you? And can you help them? Um, once you have your niche done, then it comes down to your offer. And sometimes we hit it with the offer, and first time ever, you publish something and everybody wants it, and sometimes you create an offer that pretty much nobody wants. Um, there are some signs they can look for to see if your offer is something that people want or not. Is, um, the first obvious one is that everybody talks about it. Everybody talks about this common problem um, in Facebook groups, in where you find your ideal clients. Um, their number one or second or third or fourth question is always around the thing that your offer solves. So that's a pretty good sign that they probably need it. The other really, really good sign is having competitors for the offer that you have. If you have other competitors solving that particular uh, problem, then you know there's a market for it out there. Because if there wasn't, you wouldn't have any competitors. So a lot of times people shy away from competitors. They're like, oh my God, too many competitions. You know, I need to find something that there's no competition in it. You don't necessarily want to do that. Because when you see competition, that's proof that what you have is something that people want and they're willing to pay for it. Mm. Um, But when you see absolutely no competition, Uh, maybe one in a million times, maybe you actually hit jackpot and you found something that nobody else has ever thought about, or most likely, maybe you're trying to sell something that people would love to listen to, would love to learn about it, but it's not something they're willing to pay for. We call them soft offers and hard offers. Soft offers are things like, you know, not so tangible things that people can physically kind of understand or see the improvements in. Um, That's a really kind of hard close, Meaning it's it's not so easy to sell it to other people. Um, It's not easy to sell motivation. Like motivation, people want it. Mm -hmm. People like it. They listen to it. But they're not willing to pay thousands of dollars for motivation. Uh, But hard affairs are typically around either money or health or relationships or time. If you can help them save more time, that's a hard affair. If you can help them, you know, make more money or save more money, that's a hard effect. If you can help them, you know, get into a relationship, save their relationship, improve their sex life or whatever, whatever, you know, the, the problem seems to be in their relationship. If you can solve that, that's a, that's a hard problem. And health, of course, you know, if they have back pain, if they are skinny, they want to gain muscle, if they're fat, they want to lose the fat. Uh, if they're just not fit, they want to become fit. Whatever it is related to health, that's a hard offer aspect. Mm-hmm. Um, so... It's just you know, a matter of playing it out with the offer and making sure that you have competitors out there for it. Um, and then you can simply ask, you know, once you know there's a competitors, you know, competitors out there for it and you, you see that, hey, I would really like to do this thing. I can definitely do it. I'd love to do it with this person. Then all you gotta do is find out exactly where that person is. Typically Facebook groups are a really good place to find it. And all you gotta do is ask something like, hey, if I created this thing, would you be interested? Before you actually get started on creating this this thing and then asking, just ask first, it doesn't hurt. Um, And a lot of times people say yes, that would be be awesome. Mm -hmm. And sometimes people don't even reply. Well, that's the hint that maybe they're not really as interested in that as you thought they would be. And the other idea um, around it is that a lot of times people want something, but they need another thing. And as coaches, we fully understand what they need, and we try to give them what they need. But they don't want what they need, they want what they want. So if you give them what they want, but once they're in, you also give them what they need, Mm -hmm. that would solve your problem. So a lot of times it's just a matter of fully understanding who your market is, what they actually want, and then give them profit. And while you're giving them what they want, also giving them what they need. It's like... Um, and this is this is like a really bad example. Um, I don't mean to be disrespectful to anybody at all whatsoever, but it kind of demonstrates it perfectly. You know, when you want to give medicine to dogs and they just don't like it, they would not take it. Um, but a lot of times you hide the pill inside peanut butter or something else that they really enjoy and you give it to them and they swallow it. You gave them what they wanted. And then inside of it, you also include the, what they need. Um, it's the exact same thing. Again, terrible example because I'm not trying to call anyone dogs or anything like that. So please don't laugh at me for saying this. But it just demonstrates the point, you know, perfectly where you give them what they want but also include what they need. Don't go, you know, yeah. show them what they need. Show them what they want. Mm. Um, now, with that being said, a lot of times, people are actually on the right track. Mm. they just either overwhelmed because they chose too many or they don't give it enough time. In order for them to you know get to the to the right place. So um, when it comes to that problem, it's very simple. Um, you need to use what we call something uh, five ones. five once. Again, I didn't come up with this and this is something outline, but basically what it looks like is something like this, where the really the fastest way for you to you know become successful as a coach and make a lot of money and make a lot of impact as well, is um through these five ones. One, two, three, four. And the way it works is that the first thing you need one-off. So these are the five things that you need one-off. If you just have one of these five things, it's the fastest way for you to go from zero all the way to the million dollar mark, one million a year. Now, whatever your goal is, it may not be close to a million, doesn't matter, but it's the fastest way to get to the million dollar mark. Um, The first thing that you need is for you to have one target market. I'll write it here. There we go. So, if you just have one target market, one specific type of person that you're going to solve the, the problem for, and you're solving one problem, well, now you're niched. You're, you're like a, you know, doctors, when they're generalists and they solve all of the problems, they don't get paid as much as the surgeon who is a specialist in like brain surgery or heart surgery or knee surgery or whatever, whatever you're doing. The heart surgeon and brain surgeon gets paid a lot more than somebody who, you know, you go to when you have a cold. So when you specifically help one target market, you're that brain surgeon or heart surgeon that everybody wants to go to. Um, so you wanna have one target market only. Once you have your target market, you niche down, um, you also wanna have one product. I've seen so many people trying to have like a low ticket product and then something a ton of more expensive and then something a ton more expensive, the Ascension model, where you have like free and then cheap and super you know, super cheap and cheap and ton of expensive and then like super expensive. And when you have so many different programs to run all at the same time, you may even get two or three clients in each. But just imagine how much your attention is gonna be spread thin across all of the programs trying to support people at different levels. Um, so you want to have one program, one signature process that you're famous for, that, um, that is guaranteed to get the results for the clients, and it's the only thing that you have to sell, and it's the only thing that you have to focus on. So you want to have one product. So once you have the one product, you also want to have one traffic source. A lot of times, you end up trying 10 different strategies um, to generate leads, 10 different ways to generate leads. You try it organic, you try, you know, Instagram and Facebook and TikTok and uh, Clubhouse and a bunch of other you know, new things that are coming out or like Facebook ads and you know, partnerships and like JVs and sales letters and webinars and like, 10 different ways of getting traffic. Um, see this when you have so many different sources, individual sources of you know, streams of leads coming in, the smallest problem would prevent that stream to continue. That's like dropping a pebble into the stream. It would stop the stream. But if you put all of your focus into one solid way of getting leads coming in, it's like having a really strong river coming down the mountain. I don't care how many pebbles and stones you, you know throw at the, at the river, the river is not going to stop. So it doesn't matter how many problems you have, the lead flow is gonna continue coming That's why you wanna put all of your focus, becoming a master on one traffic source. And now that you have this traffic source coming in, by the way, different levels, we call it different traffic levels, um, traffic source levels, so it's different for every person. But once you have that nailed down, the, the other thing that you wanna have one of is a conversion mechanism. Um, again, people try to convert by, sell by chat and sell by phone and webinars and, you know, trainings and you know send them to a website or a funnel or like different 10 different things um it's just hard to manage everything all at the same time especially when you just start especially when you don't have anything especially when you're not the best at every single one of those methods because you don't have the time to develop the skills so you want to pick one conversion method that you're really really good at Um, and stick with that. It's much, much better to have 80, 90, 95% conversion rate on one particular way of converting rather than having 5 or 10% conversion rate on everything else and combined together. So um, conversion, have one of them. Now the last part, this is the key to making all of the first four work. And this one is, I'm going to put in different color, so it kind of stands out for 100 days. A lot of times you pick your target market, you pick your product, you pick your offer resource, you pick your conversion, but you don't give it enough time for you to number one learn it, adjust, you know, experiment within it, and enough time for it to show you exactly what kind of results you can get. So no matter what you pick for the first four, you have to lock it in for minimum of a hundred days. If you go three months, and let's say three months and ten days, hundred days together. Um, and you had zero improvement and nothing has changed since you got started. Well, obviously you chose wrong. Now it's time to change it. Mm. Change the traffic source, change the product, change change the conversion, change the you know, target market, whatever it is that you need to change. Um, but a lot of times people realize that clo- the closer they get to the hundred days, um, the, the more they improve, the better results they get. And that actually is more fuel and motivation for you to keep going for probably another hundred days. And i promise you by the end of the second 100 days you are nowhere close to you know where you got started if you don't have the 100 days kind of lockdown rule at the end um you're going to experience this kind of bonding effect where you're like a bunny jumping from one strategy to another one jumping from one product to another one jumping from one target market to another one and um, you know following the shiny object syndrome um so it's really important to take the one for the first four and stick with it for hundred days. Um, and if you just with it, 99% of time, it works. So that's all. Um, that's all I have pretty much for, for this. Hopefully this was useful.
0: Yeah, I know this is very helpful. And I guess the only follow up question that's sort of coming to my mind, well, actually there's more than one question, but the main one I'm thinking of right now is um do you have any advice on like when you're trying to narrow down to that one thing at each of the four levels um how do you because again there's so many choices out there how do you even begin to narrow down and say this is the one i'm going to focus on
1: yeah that's true um, so it's very simple. Let me actually share with you everything one time. Um, when it comes to the target market, that's your niche. Um, for this, um, your niche is a combination of the who and the what. It's not just you know what you do. It's not just who you're working with. It's a combination of the who and the what. So let me actually do this. This is your niche right here in the center, and then you have the who and the what. Now, a lot of times, you have multiple different ideas, maybe different niches, different who's, different what's. Um, The best way you can do this is, let's say you kind of have three options, three niches that you can go with. Um, One question I can ask yourself is, if I could get rid of one of them to save the other two, which one would it be? Mm -hmm. Immediately, it would jump out to you and say, "Hmm, you know what, I would sacrifice this thing to save those two. Those two are really important. So immediately we eliminated one of them. Now you have the other two that you got to do. Um, for the other two, it's very simple. You're gonna pick a coin or something that can flip. You're gonna put it on your thumb, you know, hit it up, it's gonna flip, catch it, but don't look at it. While the coin was in the air, your gut feeling was hoping for one of them more than the other one. You were secretly wishing one of them is going to be the heads or tails of you know how you thought about it. The one that you secretly you got feeling wanted is the one that you got to go with first. Mm-hmm. Um, because a lot of times, what the brain fails to notice, your heart, you know, already knows that. Um, so at that point, you just go with your heart. Um, as long as both of those niches, you like them, you can help them, and they can pay you. As long as the conditions are equally the same. Yeah. Um, so that's for your target market. And if this doesn't work after 100 days, you can always switch to the second one. Yeah. It's not a problem. Um, the idea is you don't have to marry a niche, you can just date it. Yeah. Um, you don't see a stranger on the on the street and you just marry them straight away. No, you go on a date, you get to know them, and if it's a good match, then you marry them. Um, it's the same thing. You don't marry a niche right away. If nothing is written stone. things can change. So you just date it for 100 days. If you like the dates, you continue. If you don't, you change it up. No hard failure. So that's target market. When it comes to one product, it's um, is simply putting everything that you know about that you know one target market that can help them, you know, target market again. It's not just who you're helping, it's also what you're helping them with. Mm-hmm. So everything that you know about that what, you know, the, the specific problem, well, you put that inside one product. Instead of breaking it down into like 10 different products, you just put it inside one product. It might be, you know, instead of having six sessions, you, you may have 12 or 20. That's completely fine. Put inside one part. Uh, now we are left with traffic source and conversion rate. When it comes to traffic source, it's very simple. If you're making anything less than ten thousand dollars per month, you should stick with organic. You don't have the money for ads, you can't risk spending money on ads. And um, so, anything less than ten thousand month stick with organic stick with partnership those kind of stuff anything more than 10,000, it's not that you replace organic with paid you just add paid ads on top of the organic you just layer it on top so that's that's in terms of your organic source and when, it's on, when it comes to uh, organic stuff just you choose your platform and um, the way my clients do it is that they choose number one platform they're going to be focused on whether it's instagram facebook youtube linkedin whatever they want to focus on And then they choose two side platforms as well their entire focus is on this platform right here that's what they focus on that's what they create the content for but whatever they create content for the main platform they also share it with other platforms without you know focusing on oh am i getting engagement on that platform are people listening is it working or not it does not matter your Entire focus in them is in the first, you know, number one platform that you chose. That's where, where you got to kind of focus on. But if you quit for that, you also pass it along on LinkedIn or other places that you want to pass it on to, depending on what the platforms you want to go for. Last but not least is the conversion. When it comes to conversion, uh, it's very simple. Um, you got to decide do you want to sell by phone, sell by chat, or sell by demo? It's like you know, three major ways. Sell by phone is typically for high-ticket offers. So if you have an offer that is more than $2,000 or pounds or euros or whatever the currency is, 2,000 roughly. If it's anything more than 2,000, then it's best to close by phone. If it's less than 2,000, then our favorite way is sell by chat. But we can also do it through webinars. That's not a problem. So anything less than 2,000, um, preferred method still by chat. But I can also do it with webinars or combination of both. Um, anything more than 2,000, do um, two it by phone. You have the highest um, convention rate. So that's in terms of kind of deciding what's the what's the right method for you. Hopefully right. um, this was somewhat useful
0: yeah that was very helpful actually uh can you describe a little bit more what selling by chat means or what that looks like because i'm not that familiar with with that uh, i i know how selling my webinar looks like i'm familiar with how selling my phone looks like but i'm not familiar with selling my chat
1: yeah um it's very simple a lot of times you have a chat conversation with somebody and you try to get them on a phone call Well, when it comes to the part that you get them on a phone call, instead of getting them on a phone call, you tell them about the details of your program. Um, And you kind of turn them into paying clients without having to jump on a phone call. Mm. Um, And the way we like to share it is through a PDF. Uh, We call it the PDF Close, um, where you give all of the details to your program through a PDF plus a video walkthrough of the PDF. Mm. And they watch the the video, they go through the PDF, if they like the details, if it's something that makes sense for them. buy and if it doesn't they won't buy and you don't have to waste any time you know anybody on a, on a phone call you can do that with like 10 people in at the same time and mm-hmm. you can get like 3 of them as a client um, but the flow of your the conversations they you have within the solo chat is extremely important because if the flow is not right at the end you know you can give PDF and a video to everybody they're not going to become a client it's the flow that you have you need to kind of create an experience of the same experience they have on a phone call you just go and create it over the chat and did
0: them a PDF, them a, them a yeah that makes sense and now i see how that process can be similar to our sort of in its own way mirror what happens over a webinar um yeah. because you're like having that flow of you know information and then uh presenting all all of that in a in a particular in a particular format and then giving people the option to make their own decision without jumping on a live call with them.
1: That makes sense. Yeah. Awesome.
0: There we go. So um, exact like
1: same thing. Um yeah. the only difference is that on a webinar you gotta you gotta make sure they show up, they actually watch the training, that they gotta be patient for, you know, four to five minutes to sixty minutes, sometimes you know, two hours of the webinar to watch. And they need to get to the end of it to actually become a client. It's so well chat it doesn't take two hours. It takes you know five or ten minutes. Um, yeah. but it's the it's exact same process just short
0: cool cool thank you again for sharing all of that um and i think i'm feeling pretty complete for right now i know i have more questions but <laughs> i think for i'm feeling pretty complete for right now um do you have any last words of wisdom you want to share
1: right now um again not much of a last word type of client um, honestly just don't know what to say that would you know even come close to you know impacting you much um, but I would love to give one more giveaway if that's okay sure um, cool the, the number one problem that I see most coaches think they have or the thing that they want what they really need is something else but what they really want is just lead generation if you know every coach thinks if I just had more leads if I just had more pain you know potential clients um, coming to me, I would just get more paying clients and I'll, you know, all of my problems, uh, problems are solved. Um, now, that's true to some extent, um, and I would love to be able to kind of help that with, with, the, with the lead generation part. So we created a training called the client generating machine, um, and it just highlights all of the different things you've got to do, and then nine different strategies I can use to generate leads consistently and pretty much on demand anytime you need it. Um, I would love to give that way to, to people. All we gotta do is just, you know, um, I'll give you the link. You can put it in the comments or whatever you want it to be. Um, and people can click it, go watch the training. Um, there's a workbook with it as well. You we can download the workbook to, to watch it, um, to kind of do the work as you're watching the, the training. And hopefully by the end of that, uh, everybody in here will, you know, have a good idea in terms of, hey, how do I just generate leads when I want to do that.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much again. That's really generous of you and I really appreciate it. And we will for sure add those links in the show notes and uh, we'll add your links also in terms of people being able to connect with you directly so they can really um, benefit from what you have to share with them and work with you and so on and so forth. So thank you again so much for joining us.
1: It's been an absolute pleasure. Um, Thanks so much for having me.